We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua, Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. By this time, you are an expert in putting God first before speaking, before responding to people, especially if they are people who want to persecute you or they just rude to you or whatever the case, whether you're talking about Hamas and how they want to annihilate Israel or any anything like that. Look, there is so much controversy in our country right now. We have to know how to respond the way the Lord would have us respond. And that's what this program is about, the these past two teachings and now this one. Let's pray first, though. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and we praise you and we honor you. We worship you, Lord, and we pray, Lord, with all our heart, soul, and mind that we would represent you well, that not only our speech but our response to other people, whether it's actions or speech, would be godly. We're servants of the living God, and so, Lord, I pray that we are seen that way. And I ask that this program help us and guide us to be that kind of believer, that kind of disciple, one that God can rely upon to be a light in a dark place. And I pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen and amen. Well, uh, before we get started, I just would remind you that we uh, are blessed when you give financially and prayerfully, and so anything you can do in that vein, we would love it. You can call Karen at 813-831-5673. In fact, when you call her, she'll be happy to pray with you or for you as well. Um, We believe strongly in the power of prayer. And uh, also, you can find my messages on Facebook Live and YouTube. Our services are Friday evening and Saturday morning. They're on Facebook Live. And uh, Tuesday, 
we have a prayer meeting that I, I'm really enjoying praying for uh, our country and our politicians and and Israel and, and the world. And we broadcast this prayer meeting from 6.30 to 7.30. I, I hope it'll jumpstart your prayer life, right? So uh, we pray that you'll join us and, and bring others and tell them to join us. Also, we'd love for you to visit our congregations, especially with your pre-believing Jewish friends. We're open in St. Pete and Tampa, Wesley Chapel. And, you know, we have a Spanish congregation called Conexion. And um, so that also meets in Tampa. We'd love for you to be involved with us. So let's get back to where we were last week. Uh, we, we had finished uh, talking about seeking God first. And we were in the middle of talking about civility. And remember what civility is. It is uh, the fact that we are being polite. We are being courteous. Uh, it, it means our behavior and our speech. We model this for our children. We, we model this because nobody else is modeling it. Even people who are believers that we know oftentimes don't model this. And this is, I believe, a key to people believing that our faith is real. So uh, I had just mentioned last week, and this is where we'll start, in um, that our, our politicians don't show civility, our TV and movies don't show civility. So it's got to be us. It's got to be us. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, we're told to have a ministry of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation has a lot to do with civility because people who aren't reconciled won't be civil. (laughs) We are given instructions as believers to both Jewish people and Gentile people in Colossians 3.5. Now, listen to what God is saying in Colossians 3.5. Therefore, put to death what is earthly in you. Let's stop there. Can you recognize what is earthly in you? I certainly can recognize it in me. And what we're seeing here is you are asked, you're commanded to put to death what is earthly in you. But if you can't figure it out, here are some examples that Scripture gives you. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed— For that's idolatry. Wow. Okay. Let's continue. Verse 6 of Colossians 3. Because of such things, God's wrath is coming upon the sons of disobedience. At one time you also walked in these ways, but when you used to live in these ways, but now set them all aside. So what are we going to set aside? Are you listening? Anger. Rage, malice, slander, and foul language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. After all, you have taken off the old self with its practices. And if you've put on the new self that is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, meaning you, 
Here there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, savage, slave, and free, but Messiah is all and in all. Now, this this scripture is taken so out of context. It, it just I have to stop and just point it out that even though there says there is no longer Greek and Jew and circumcised and uncircumcised, it's refer, referring to Messiah. It has nothing to do with are there really Jews or Greeks. And so don't use the scripture to say, because then you have to say, that there there are no people who are in slavery and no free and there there's no difference between men and women you don't want to go there okay good so this message is that we are going to be different from the world that's what the message is about that whether you're a Jew or a Greek circumcised or uncircumcised or or even a barbarian this message is for you you've got to be different from the world I don't know. Can barbarians be believers? Okay. And savages? (laughs) We won't go there, right? Uh, So we're going to be civil in all situations because God has commanded us to be a light, which includes as best we can to put away anything that would hurt others in speech and behavior. Yeshua requires civility. For all of you who say you are under the law, We must follow these words as best we can. Let's be practical. Come on. Um, Or to quote our president, come on, man. Okay. (laughs) The next time you are ready to show anger or use foul language, you are going against God's will. Do I need to repeat that? If you are going to show anger or if you're going to use foul language, just know that you're going against God's will. I can't get more forceful than to use the words of Yeshua in Matthew 12, 36. But I tell you that on that day of judgment, men will give account for every careless word they speak. Okay? So is this clear to you? All right. So how are we going to respond? Well, here are the, the things we're mentioning. Number one, seek God's first. Seek God first. Number two, be civil. Three and four kind of go together. Don't be silent and go to action. So let's talk about them together. Not to be silent and go to action because they're kind of similar. I, You know, one of the things uh, people, the first people to want to be silent and not receive the calling and purpose of the Lord, one of the first was Moses. (laughs) He gave every excuse to God and finally gave up because he knew God's will was for him to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. In Exodus 3.11, but God said, I'm sorry, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring Bnei Yisrael out of Egypt? Moses didn't think he was good enough. Hey, have any of you used that excuse? (laughs) Yep. In Exodus 3.13, but Moses said to God, suppose I go to Bnei Yisrael and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What should I say to them? 
Look, Moses didn't think he was smart enough. He didn't have all the information he needed to get started. Has anybody used that excuse? In Exodus 4.1, then Moses said, But look, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. They will say, Adonai has not appeared to you. Moses didn't think he would be seen as an authority. And uh, look, all of these show that Moses was scared. That, that's certainly true. How many of us have used that excuse or have felt scared and not said anything to anybody? In Exodus 4.10, but Moses said to Adonai, Adonai, I'm not a man of words, not yesterday, nor the day before, nor since you have spoken to your servant, because I have a slow mouth and a heavy tongue. Okay, Moses had a disability concerning speaking and I, and felt he should, that should eliminate him from purpose and being used and, and being called. Has anybody used something like that as an excuse? Well, if you've used these excuses, here is the response from God in Exodus 4.14. Then the anger of Adonai was kindled against Moses. Okay, is it possible that the anger of the Lord is kindled against you for not speaking up or not acting when you're called to act or not serving when you're called to serve or not, you know, just for whatever reason? Stop the excuses and let's get to work. Many of the biblical leaders questioned whether they were good enough, but in the end, they said, use me. Hineni, here am I. Look, there's so many examples. I mean, there's Jeremiah 1, verse 4. The word of the Adonai came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you prophet to the nations. Then I said, (laughs) this is Jeremiah speaking, Alas, Adonai Elohim, Lord, I don't know how to speak. For I'm still a boy. <laughs> he must have learned from Moses, right? Excuses, excuses, excuses. But Adonai's response was, do not say I'm only a boy. For to everyone I send you, you will go. And all I command you, you will speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I'm with you to deliver you. It is a declaration of Adonai. Any other questions? <laughs> No, that part was me. That wasn't in Scripture. But I would think at that point he would say, okay, Jeremiah, any other questions? You want another example? How about the person who led the largest revival in Scripture, my opinion? What was his reaction to being called? Well, let's read. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. From the presence of Adonai, he went down to Jaffa and found a ship going to Tarshish, paid the fee, and went down into it to go with them, away from the presence of Adonai. Away from the... they Jonah didn't want to talk to God. He just wanted away from him. Now, I mean, he should have known that God was everywhere, right? But, you know... That was it. He didn't want anything to do with this this job that God had called him to. But God is clear that he has called us not only to represent him on earth, 
but actively pray for godly results. So an example of praying for godly results is, is found in Isaiah 62.1. For Zion's sake, I will not, I think you know that, keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest, right? I won't rest until her righteousness shines out brightly and her salvation as a blazing torch. Does that describe you? You won't rest? You won't keep silent? Then it says in verse 6, On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all day and all night. They will never hold their peace. You who remind Adonai, take no rest for yourself and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So I don't think currently Israel is a praise in the earth. So your job, should you decide to listen to God, is to give him no rest and to keep praying. (laughs) Interesting that this next verse I'm going to share with you took place while Paul was in Corinth and having tremendous success with at least the Gentiles coming to the Lord. And Acts 18, verse 9, Now the Lord said to Paul through a vision in the night, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one shall attack you to harm you. Many people in this city are for me. So he he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. Well, maybe he had to tell Paul that because right after that, there was all sorts of persecution. And and so he was encouraging Paul before the fact rather than trying to lift him up after he was down. Look, each circumstance that you learn about and where you see God's calling, you when he's calling you, it requires a different word or a different reaction to each thing. So as an example, if you are concerned about what they're teaching in schools, as I am, um, get on a school board. Try and get on the school board. Write, show up at school board meetings. Write letters to the school board. Write letters to the the head of the school. Write letters to the principal. Right, you know, be involved. Be involved. And and we have to, you know, when you've seen some of these people on TV speaking at at the, some of them have been really excellent in not being angry. And just sticking to the facts, and and after you you hear them speak, you go, "Wow, that was good." That's that's what we should be. We are to respond. We are not to be silent. If you're concerned about more gambling in Florida, which um, a good portion of that law passed, not everything, which is good, write to the governor and to the legislators. I did. And let your voices be known, because without that, they're just going to do what they want. Really, I think the whole gambling issue should have been voted on. But they obviously thought we were asleep. In fact, they called a special uh, time for the legislators to come back just to pass the gambling thing. I mean, are we going to allow that? 
to do nothing exhibits apathy or lack of motivation. Or, you know, a better way to say it is it shows that we are just being disobedient to God. And I understand that not everybody can be like whoever, but you can do something. So don't be giving excuses. God is not looking for excuses. Before you say that you're ready to respond now, let me ask you one more question. Since we started with God first, um, and how would you like to respond if if God was silent to you? How, how would you like it if you went to God and you asked him to respond and he was silent and didn't do anything? You would start getting impatient. Look, we need to understand that God is calling us. Sometimes you're responding to a spouse or a relative. Sometimes you're responding to a friend. Sometimes you're responding to someone you don't care for. Sometimes you're responding to persecution and anti-Semitism. Sometimes you're responding to people who disagree with you. Sometimes you're responding to people who are rude to you. We serve an awesome God. As I consider the difficulties of responding You know, I really just thought of one more thing that I should mention that comes to my mind that's really important when you are responding, and that is do not become offended. Offense is so often seen in our public square. This offended me. I'm offended. I'm offended. You know, get over it. God is, if God is for us, who can be against us? That means we don't get offended. In Proverbs 19.11, discretion makes one slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook an offense. Your glory is to overlook an offense. Proverbs 18.19, an offended brother is more formidable than a fortified city, and quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. So, look, we've got to understand that we've got to overlook offense. What a blessing it is to learn how to overlook an offense. We feel these jabs often, sometimes daily. But let's look at a couple things. We have to intentionally work at overcoming an offense. We don't want to have a spirit of offense taking root. So number one, acknowledge that you're hurt. It's okay. Not to anybody else, just to yourself. <laughs> don't quit. quickly turn to others for counsel. That's very true. Don't, don't go talking to other people. Uh, go to prayer. Number three, pray for your own grieving spirit and the other person. And number four, walk through forgiveness, even if you don't feel like it. Well, That's all we have time for today. I'm looking forward to getting together with you next week. I pray that this program is ministered to you. Please remember us for either a one-time gift or a monthly pledge. We certainly would be blessed by it. My messages are on Facebook Live and YouTube and 
uh, on Friday night and Saturday morning. Uh, you can find us on Facebook Live. Our services, Tuesday prayer meeting is at 6.30 in the evening, also is on Facebook Live. That's an excellent broadcast to to just get you in the mood to pray, to pray along with us. It's tremendous. Also, come to our congregations. Join us, please. Um, and as we close, let's close with a word of prayer. In Micah 6.8, once again, I, I just love this verse. Lord, you say that we should practice justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. And so I pray, Lord, that we will do that this week. I pray that we will be civil in every area of our of our being and in every situation. And I pray that our first priority will be to grow in our desire to have a heart like your heart, Yeshua, the heart of Messiah. I pray this in your precious name, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God.